the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter. Read a few verses right at the beginning of this chapter, starting in verse number 1. If you'll follow along as I read this passage of Scripture, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says in Genesis 18 and verse 1, And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I'll fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that you shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do, as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened unto the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal. Knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man. And he hasted to dress it. He took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Am I... After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto him, Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. I'm glad we have a God this morning who is bigger than any foe that we face. I'm glad we have a God that is stronger than any opposition that comes our way. I'm glad that God is greater than any deficit we may feel or face. Now, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But his provision is always enough. His power is beyond any rival. His protection can defeat any enemy. His presence is there in every circumstance. Do you trust him? Do you believe him? How's your faith in God? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. It's better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in men. It's better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in princes. Thou keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The psalmist said, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. 
They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which shall never be removed, but abideth forever. Oh, the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made safe. In this story of Abraham and Sarah that's before us this morning, we see three phases that take them from a miserable melancholy to a marvelous miracle. I see, first of all, a promise doubted. If you go back a couple of pages to chapter 15 and look at verse number 1, if you will, of chapter 15. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. God makes a promise. He makes a covenant to Abraham years before that you're going to have a son. No, it's not going to come through someone else. It's going to come through you. Well, we get to chapter 17 and look at verse number one. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Here again is this review or this rehearsal of this Abrahamic covenant that God had made with Abraham. Now he's 99 years old, but God is still promising this son. But as we saw in our text, by the time we get to chapter 18, Abraham and Sarah are thinking about themselves. They're thinking about how old they are. They're thinking we're past the age of bearing children. This is biologically not possible. This is way past the timetable that we had set. This can't possibly happen. It's too late. God missed his chance. I don't know where he was. I don't know what else he was doing, but he didn't work for us. I wonder this morning, what promises are we doubting? You may be here in this room doubting the promise of salvation. I'm thankful some, some of our students have gotten salvation settled this week. It makes me wonder if there are students here in this auditorium that are still not sure that God really saved them. Still struggling with that assurance of salvation. Am I really on my way to heaven? Am I really saved? Listen, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, if you've asked him to come into your life and give you forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven, you can bank on the promise of salvation. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Aren't you thankful for the promise of salvation? I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The Father that gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Oh, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. But these things are written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe 
on the name of the Son of God. It's not arrogant. It's not proudful. It's not haughty to say, I know I'm going to heaven. The Bible says you can know. The promise of salvation, that as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Are you struggling with the promise of salvation? Some of you perhaps this morning are struggling with God's promise of sufficiency. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to make it at West Coast Baptist College. My school bill's due today. The second payment. I don't know what I'm going to do. Midterms are coming fast. I need that job. I need those hours. Where's God? I thought he promised that he would provide. Are you starting to doubt the promise of sufficiency? My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He didn't promise to provide all of our greed But he does promise to provide all of our need. David said, I've been young, now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Are you doubting the promise of God's strength? Oh, we're getting into the throes of the semester now. That syllabus sounded so nice when the teacher presented it that first day. Sounded like a fun class. They were so excited about all these projects. Now they're due. Now I'm supposed to have them done. I got a test next week. I, I got to work. I got ministry. I, 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 I got all these things. And I, I, I'm getting sick. I'm fatigued. I'm tired. Are you doubting the promise of God's strength? He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Don't doubt the promise of his strength. Some of us doubt the promise of his schedule. We think, well, I I thought I'd have a job by now. I mean, I, 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 I went and interviewed with one person. I put in two applications. I thought surely I'd have a job. I thought all those people that came to the job fair would be calling me by now. I thought I'd have a date by now. Some of you thought you'd be married by now. I mean, four weeks, come on. We begin to doubt God's schedule. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Don't get ahead of God. Don't drag behind God. Don't get off the path. All things work together for good to them that love God. To them that are the called according to his promise. Listen, God's promises are sure. Don't doubt the promises of God. All the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall I not make it good? You take these promises back to your room today. And whatever you're doubting, wherever you fear, wherever you're worried, wherever you're not sure, you open the Bible to the promise of God and you put it on your bed there and you kneel down and you say, God, you wrote this. And I'm trusting it to be true. I'm claiming it because you cannot lie. It is impossible, God, for you to lie. And so I'm claiming the promise. 
We see the doubting of a promise. But secondly, we see a power declared. You know, God understands our doubts and our fears. He realizes that oftentimes when God speaks to us, we have some apprehensions. We humanly have some anxiety about what he's leading us to do. But look at verse 13 of our text in Genesis 18 again. As Abraham and Sarah are laughing in their heart, they're thinking, we, this is impossible. Yeah, God promised it, but it's too late. He missed his chance. We're old. We're well stricken in years. But notice verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. A power declared. With men, it was impossible. Biologically, impossible. We can only get 95% of the tumor. God said, I can get 100%. We've never done a surgery like this before. God said, I've done them before. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and by thy stretched out arm, and there's nothing too hard for thee. God spoke the whole universe into existence. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Students, why don't you start praying for something that only God can answer? Let's get tired of prayers that we can answer. I get weary with praying prayers and then having to answer my own prayers. I pray prayers and think, well, if God didn't come through, I got plan B, plan C, plan D. Pray some prayers that only God can answer. Pray some impossible prayers. Pray some prayers with no plan B. Ask a hard thing. You have a God that does hard things. You have a God that has manifested himself time and time and time and again in the Bible that he can do hard things. Ask him for a hard thing in the 21st century. And could I tell you this? Pray a prayer that only you're praying. That's a wonderful thing to pray corporately and we pray in chapel together. But you know what? When God answers those prayers, we don't know whose answer, who got the answer. We don't know who pray, whose prayer he answered. If I pray with Dr. Asmussen and we pray about something together and God answers it, I don't know if he answered Dr. R's prayer or mine. But when you pray a prayer that only you're praying and God answers it, you will never again doubt the power of God in your life. And I want to challenge you to put something on your prayer list Put something in that journal and you start praying for it and you don't have to tell your dorm mates and you don't have to tell your roommates and you don't have to tell somebody in class and you don't have to have it announced in chapel but you make that a prayer before God. Make it a hard thing. Make it an impossible thing and watch God come through. A power declared. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Sometimes all we pray for are things that we've already seen. We, 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 we pray, like, like we pray for revival. Lord, help us to have a good crowd. We've, we've seen good crowds before. 
Lord, Lord, help us to see someone saved. We've seen people saved before. Why don't we pray for something that isn't on the cue card? Let's pray for God to work. Let's pray for God to hijack the service. For God to get involved. Oh, by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, the walls of Jericho. By faith, Rahab the harlot. And what can Amor say? For time would fail to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and, and Samuel also and all the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and stopped the mouths of lions Wax valiant in fight and quench the violence of the sword. Turn flight the armies of the enemies and women receive their dead raised to life again. And on it goes and gives us miracle after miracle after miracle that were accomplished because somebody had faith. These all obtained a good report through faith. And may we pray, Lord, increase my faith. Faith to believe in the impossible. Faith to believe in revival. Faith to believe that God can heal. Faith to believe that God can supply. Faith to believe that God can save those that are hardened to to, to the gospel. Call unto me, God says, and I'll answer thee. And I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We see this promise doubted. We see the power declared. And finally, we see the provision delivered. Turn to Genesis 21. God made the promise. It's impossible for him to lie. He said, I'm going to return. And and you're going to have a son. Well, did he? Verse 1 of chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he said. He had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken of him. God said it. God did it. The promise declared. The promise delivered. God answers. And it's amazing. I mean, here's Abraham. 99 years old in the pediatric center holding a little baby named Isaac. 99 years old. And Isaac grows up. In fact, by the time we get to Genesis 24, Isaac is 40 years old. And at age 40, Abraham loses his wife. Sarah passes away. As Isaac reaches age 40, Sarah dies. And at that point, Abraham realizes that Isaac needs a wife. Isaac hadn't realized that yet. But Abraham realized it. He saw that there was a hole in his heart. They saw that he was struggling with his mother's death. And Abraham sent a servant. You know the story. Beautiful chapter, Genesis 24. The servant goes and finds Rebecca. Beautiful story of him, the camels and the watering of the camels and all that stuff. Great, I've been in the way the Lord led me. Great story. And Rebecca comes back. And Isaac and Rebecca are married. 
It doesn't give us all the details of the, of the wedding. But the Bible says in the last verse of Genesis 24 that Isaac was comforted upon the death of Sarah. He took this wife and she filled that hole in his life. She, she restored that joy in his life as he now is married. So, follow the timeline. Abraham's 99 when Isaac is born. Isaac lives to be 40. How old would that make Abraham? 139. 139. Now Isaac gets married. And we go to Genesis 25. And guess what happens? There's another wedding. Abraham gets remarried. He's 139. He gets remarried. And keep reading. He has six more kids. At 99, he said, it's impossible. At 99, he said, God, we're past the age of bearing children. The manner of life has passed us by. God said, no, I promised you a son. Nothing's impossible. And we see the miracle of God not only extending to that son, but, but the, 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 the covenant being revealed that his seed was going to be like the sand on the seashore. Know, therefore, that the Lord God, thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. You know what that tells me? God keeps his promise to us. God delivered on his promises to Abraham, to Sarah. God did a miracle. And God did a miracle in Jackson Stoner's life. God did a miracle in Lydia Hand's life. And he's got one for you. Oh, it may not be a transplant. It may not be a brain surgery. It may be the next school payment. It may be that relationship that you desire. It may be that loved one getting saved that you've prayed for. God has a miracle. Nothing's impossible. Are you trusting him? As the drama club exhibited, sometimes we pray... And then when God answers, we say, ah, somebody put money on my school bill. No, God put money in your school bill. Oh, I got more hours of work. The boss is a nice guy. No, God moved on the boss to give you more hours. Are you trusting him? Are you believing him? Are you praying by faith? Yesterday, in one of my freshman speech classes, I asked if there are any prayer requests. And the young man in the back row raised his hand. He said, would you just pray and get more hours at my job? He said, I need more hours. I said, okay, we'll do. We took some other requests. We prayed. And one of the things we prayed as a class was that this young man would get more hours. After the prayer, I went and called the first person up to give their speech. And they were giving their speech, and this guy walks out. The guy who asked for prayer, he walks out. They will find you, pray for you, and then you leave. <laughs> kind of a Christian are you? Stick around, listen to some speeches here. What's going on? A few minutes later, he comes back in, disturbs it a second time. 
sits down. I thought, what an idiot. Disturbing the class. They talked to him after class. After class, he came up. He said, Brother Gatch, I slipped out because that was my boss. He just gave me more hours. Thanks for praying. Wow. Do answers to our prayers take us by surprise? They shouldn't. God's a powerful God. Have you prayed? Have you prayed in faith? Do you believe in your God? You can trust him. He's powerful. He's got some miracles for you. Start praying for him.